The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley and I'm in studio with Brother Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland. Good afternoon, guys. Good Hello, afternoon. Brother. Good to see you, Jim. Well, this afternoon, we're going, we won't be taking phone calls this hour, by the way, uh, because we're going to do a special program on suicide. Now, I will tell you that we will take your questions and comments at another time because there are always those questions and comments that come in. Or you can also send those to us to word at AFR.net. Now, I want to start this program with, with a couple of things. Number one, we want to start it with prayer and scripture. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. A couple of key thoughts in there, guys. Number one, catch that neither death nor life mm. nor any, and I'm going to paraphrase a little, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, our Lord is a key phrase there because that's the part that, that we talk about. If he's not your Lord, if he's not our Lord, then the scripture doesn't cover that. And so we're going to talk about suicide today, and in doing so, uh, we want to want to look at it from a couple of different angles, uh, and we'll get into that. But first, before we go any further, uh, Brother Bert, pray for us. Father, we are thankful that we can depend upon you. And Father, your word is sure, and Father, your word is settled in heaven. And that's, that's our guide. That's the very bedrock. And the God that the word of God reveals to us is one that we is our cornerstone. And Father, I pray today that you would guide our thoughts, guide our lips to to encourage people to look unto you, the author and finisher of our faith, that Father, our times are in your hands and that we are not our own. We've been bought with a price and we're to glorify you. And I pray that you'd give that understanding to everyone who is listening today that they are precious in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord has something for them in this life that they can do and serve you. Father, give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Um, had a had a good friend who is a, who is a minister, and he called me the other day, and he asked if we would address this topic. And in doing so, he asked that if we would cover... One of the one part of it being the survivors and also church members. So you've had someone in the church who has committed suicide. And then you hear people in the church talk about that person or talk about that situation. And a lot of times they don't realize that a family member may be around the corner or one of the children may be behind them 
And so they say things that may be unwise. Um, Bert, you've been a pastor for many years, and Alex, you've you have ministered to more people than than I can think of. But I want each of you guys to to give a word of wisdom, if you will, as to how to handle for pastors on how to handle those church members, but also for the church members how to handle themselves. Let me mm. say this, Alex. I want to say a quick word, and then you take it away, and I may have some more to say afterwards. But the first thing you do is you want to be comfortable with the comfort that God has comforted you with. That's mm-hmm. the whole idea. Mm-hmm. And you want to—these are all C's. Y'all, you want to be cautious. You've got to be very cautious of what you say. Do not manipulate the Word of God in making it say something that it does not say. And then the third one is be courageous. Be courageous in your own life to let them know, hey, difficulty comes to everyone, that we uh, deal with these things as well. So, yes, the comfort, the caution, the courageous, uh, let those three C's guide you when you're talking about this issue, especially, I would say, with survivors. But go ahead, Alex. Well, you know, the Bible says uh, that God knows our frame and he remembers that we are but dust, Psalm 103, verse 14. So, Jim, by the way, I want to say thank you for being willing to tackle this topic. And uh, this is one of those things that is, uh, I do think we can we can arrive at a biblically informed position on this, but it does require some thought and some, you know, heavy lifting, uh, if you will. Uh, let me say suicide is a sin. Suicide is a sin, but, you know, all sin will separate us from God. And while um, many people, even secular thinkers, have said, you know, suicide is is illogical because it's it's a choice that ends all other choices. It's a f- exercise of a freedom that ends all other freedoms. Suicide is a permanent solution to temporary problems. So suicide is never right. Suicide is never the answer. But because this is uh, overlaid with spiritual and emotional implications, people aren't thinking rationally. Uh, but I, I want to say that where my position is on this, because obviously the question that the survivors want to know is, uh, if a person was saved and they committed suicide, would they still go to heaven? Now, let me tell you why this is an important question. Salisbury, North Carolina, early in the life of exploring the Word, um, I got asked to speak at a youth event in Salisbury, North Carolina, and there were probably 2,000 teenagers there, and... uh, Anyway, some youth came up and said, look at that. Do you see that young man over there? He's, he's the atheist at our school. Oh, man, he can refute any argument for Christianity. And so I went and talked to this young man. He was just turned 16. And uh, anyway, I said, How, why did you become an atheist? And he eventually, the long story short, he was raised by a grandfather who was a preacher. And the grandfather, this young man loved dearly, and the grandfather tragically committed suicide. Now, some of the backstory Angie and I found out was that this only significant adult in this young man's life had been a preacher, but his wife died, he got cancer, he was on 
meds. I, I believe from what was described, he was clinically depressed, but he committed suicide. So suddenly this young man, who was about 14 at the time, is an orphan. Well, mm. a minister comes to do the funeral and said, uh, and uh, within the first few minutes of coming to see this bereaved teenager, he said, well, um, son, I hate to tell you, but you know your grandfather is in hell. Mm. So I'm listening to this story, and I said, okay, now, let me see if I connect the dots. The idea of your beloved grandfather being in hell is intolerable. So you've created a world in which he is not, but that's come at the expense of you believing in God. And I said, can we talk? Anyway, long story short, we talked for a couple of hours, and I said, look, please don't hear me saying suicide is okay. It's not. But if your grandfather was saved... He's saved. Mm -hmm. And tearfully, tearfully, this young man, uh, we counseled him. Uh, He recommitted his life to Christ. Probably two years after this lengthy interaction, (laughs) he told me that he was walking with the Lord and at his high school was leading a Bible study on apologetics. Uh, But the, the points of this story are... What we say as Christians and as Christian leaders can have huge impact on people for good or for ill. The other thing I was going to say is that uh, what we believe about salvation and God and our actions really carries big, big consequences. Mm -hmm. And so um, to anyone who's ever contemplated suicide, uh, let me just say May, may God give you compassion for those that will be left behind, and think about that, um, because the, the, the wounds and the possible outcomes in the lives left behind can be incredibly life-changing and significant. And uh, there, there's another story that I might get to later in the broadcast, but this is one of the, the gravity of this issue is just beyond description. And if people believe the wrong things, it can be very, very destructive in in the result. A word that you mentioned that really carries is the word depression. Mm. And we have several instances in the Bible of people who were depressed. I want to share one of them. It's mm-hmm. in it's in First Samuel, and it's chapter thirty, verse six, and it's about David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, "Shall I promise this troop?" Shall I overtake them? And that's in verse 8. He was asking the Lord. But before he inquired of them, uh, chapter 30, verse 6, Then David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. David was distressed. He was perplexed. They wanted to kill him. What did David do? But David encouraged himself and the Lord his God. That's uh, those of you who are listening today that are depressed, uh, you're discouraged, uh, things haven't worked out. You may even feel like everybody's against you. They may even utter those words like they did David. What did David do? He strengthened himself and he encouraged himself and the Lord. Now, how do you do that? Listen, you get a word from God and you mm. seek him. You go to a person 
that loves the Lord and gets encouragement the way you did that young man, Alex, that you mm-hmm. were talking about, mm-hmm. what you did for him is what David got from the Lord, and God mm-hmm. used you. So I want to be this. I want to say this before we have our first break. God may want to use you the way God used Alex in the life of this young man to encourage them. And and what Alex did, he gave that young man something that the young man could, I'm going to use the word, chew on for a while. Not just temporary, Mm -hmm. but it was compassionate. It was comfortable. And it gave him hope most of the time. That's what it is, the lack of hope, Jim. Guys, I want to be very careful, as we've said. This is not to give permission for Mm -mm. suicide. There are so many other ways that one can find help for that. Um, When we, on the other side of the break, we're going to take a a brief look because I don't want to bog anyone down. But there is uh, something that we need to talk about. And Alex, you mentioned it, even with the grandfather of that young man. We talked about medication. And so I want to take a quick look at medications that can cause depression or, as they say now, intrusive thoughts. You know, at one point it was dark thoughts. Well, we can't have dark thoughts anymore, so it's intrusive thoughts. And so we, we want to take a look at that. But first of all, I want to be very clear. If you're listening to this program and you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, please find someone to help you, be it your mm-hmm. pastor, be it a good friend, be it the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and that yes. number is 800 800- Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. Or you can also reach out to Need Him. And that's simply 1-800-NEED-HIM. Exploring the Word continues straight ahead on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor thing present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord by the way that's Romans 8:38 through 39 Romans 8:38 through 39 I'm Jim Stanley along with brother Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland and this afternoon, we're doing a special program on suicide. Uh, it's one of those programs that we do from time to time, but really felt an urgency at this point because I had a friend who's, well, he's still my friend, but he's a pastor, and he was dealing with suicide in the church. And then he was also de- trying to find you know, help in dealing with the members of the church and, and how they say things, you know, because uh, where is it? Is in James at the the tongue has the power of life and death. Yeah. Is that right? It is. Yes. Um, and so we want to be careful with our tongues. So one of the things I wanted to look at real quick, and and I'm going to speak for just a minute, and then we're going to come back uh, to the group discussion. So I don't want to, to overpower anyone. But this was one of those programs. Guys, 
According to the CDC, now we understand that's a government organization, but it's the Center for Disease Controls. This is not some abstract group that's just putting numbers out there randomly. This is a group that all the statistics get reported to. And so part of that is the vital statistics part of the CDC. Since 1999, there's been a a minimum 30% increase across our country in suicide. Think of how many people live in the United States and how many of that would be for for it to have been an an increase of that stature. In 2016, which is the most recent figures they have here, um, nearly 45,000 people died by suicide in the United States. Mental Mm. health conditions are one of several contributors to suicide. And I read that directly from the vital statistics portion of the CDC. So that again, that's not Jim Stanley numbers. That's not Bert Harper numbers. That's not Alex McFarland numbers. That's numbers of reported deaths. And man, you know, when when you think about that, it's incredible. Now here's another staggering statistic. At least twenty seven states indicate fifty four percent of suicide descendants suicide descendants were they were they developed some type of mental health issue now when we look at that the next thing we think about and alex you mentioned this earlier with the grandfather of the young man uh, Mm -hmm. that medication you know there were medications involved guys it's staggering to think of how many medications are on the market probably in the medicine cabinets of folks that you know or yourself such as me i'm on a beta blocker you know i'm i'm to that age where i've got high blood pressure and so you know i so i'm on a beta blocker so that's at least one person you know and others that are on blood pressure medication um you know and and also it can be used for migraines and angina and uh, some other things guys that's one of those things that's such a common drug but it can contribute to dark thoughts, invasive thoughts, and even suicidal thoughts. That's just one medicine. And I'd, as, as I mean, there's others. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Have you word, noticed yeah. on the commercials that it takes longer, basically, mm-hmm. to tell you of the warnings that this medicine may cause than it does for the benefits. It's it's close to 50-50. I mean, you right. know, a, a minute commercial, 30 seconds of it would be about the warnings. And many times, guys, it is concerning depression. That's it's right. It's concerning mental issues and, and darkness of the thinking, as you would say yeah. or not say, uh, Jim. Another common group well, is the corticosteroids. Now think about that. This is medicine that is given um, for arthritis, lupus, gout, some other, some other medical conditions, and it can cause a variety of psychiatric symptoms. When you start, when you have a medication that influences the chemical reactions in one's brain, sometimes the person who commits the suicide may have been just an outstanding person. You would have never thought they would have done that, and then they kill themselves. They may not have had control 
over their thoughts. That's not an, again, we're not looking to rubber stamp suicide, folks. Here are hearts. Right. But there are causes that cause Christians to commit suicide just as there are for non-believers that commit suicide. However, we as believers need to have a hope, and we're going to get into that. Um, there are others, guys, pain relievers, acne yeah. medications. I'm, I'm just going to go into a, a group now instead of individual. But think of how many young people have acne, and then look at the increase of suicide among young people. Adults have acne, too. I don't mean to take away from that. But it's something we see most young people walk through in their teenage years and, and then on into their 20s. So there's that. Pain relievers, allergy medications. Guys, you can't walk through North Mississippi and throw a rock without hitting someone that takes allergy medication. Thyroid medications. Antibiotics. And that list is it's just Bert can tell you I've got a page and it's just covered with medicines but I don't want to get I don't I, I'm saying that to say that it's not always the young person or not always the adults conscious choice they just get so depressed they don't see any other way out there there's yeah. and and they don't have the courage to reach out because what comes with depression and what comes from the father of lies? Embarrassment. Yep. You don't want to say yeah. anything at church. And, They'll think you're weak. Go ahead, Alex. And and let me say, let me be very, very clear that we are not medical doctors, and this is not a medical show no. per se. But um, I work a lot with young people. It's the joy of my life to be around, you know, teens and 20-somethings. And But I know this. Uh, two of the ways to stay upbeat and not really succumb to depression and then thoughts of self-harm, we, we need serotonin and mm-hmm. dopamine. Well, these are naturally occurring chemicals in your body, and sometimes they call these uh, the happy hormones, serotonin and dopamine. But all right, how do you get these? For one thing, getting out in the sunshine. <laughs> For another thing, getting enough sleep getting exercise, uh, eating protein and not fat. And while I love young people, look, studies show that uh, and a, a big part of this are constant Wi-Fi and mobile devices. Kids are not generally, not all, mm. they're not getting enough sleep these days. Look at COVID. We've stayed indoors for a year. And, and listen, the good Lord made us. We need to get out in the sunshine. Anyway, my point being, a lot of our lifestyle dynamics nowadays, uh, we're not always eating right. We're not always eating vegetables. We're not always exercising. We're, we're, as a nation, we're very sedentary these days. And so all of these things, we, we just are saying be, be aware of and be vigilant about because these things can contribute to mood swings, fatigue, depression. And in talking about medication, um, there is a clear overlap between the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And, you know, the Bible says in John 10.10 10, that Satan, his, his roadmap, he comes to steal, kill, and mm-hmm. destroy. And the, the, the devil wants to take an occasion to get into our lives however he can. But we want to give hope. Um, there are so many things we could say, but I, I'm going to say this, and 
Uh, we're going to revisit this theme over and over. There is hope. Uh, Psalm 147, verse 3, says that God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And if you're finding yourself in that place where, you know, you just say, you know, I, I wish I'd never been born, or it would be better if I were to end it all, quote, unquote. No. God loves you. Please believe it. We could share so many stories of God pulling people and even our own lives out of the deepest, darkest place. God loves you. Psalm 147.3, God will heal your broken heart. God has a plan. Do not believe the lie of Satan mm. that, that there is no hope. No, there is a brighter day coming, and, and the Lord Jesus stands ready to help you get there. You know, as you were talking about the medicine, pastoring for 40 years, I have seen several, I want to make sure I use the right adjective, several people who got on the medication, certain medication, and it changed their personality drastically. Most of the time, uh, it would do harm when it came to depression. And if people get in depression, it is it is a downward spiral unless it is stopped, and mm-hmm. and this is why we say get help. Someone has come to me and and I can tell they're depressed. One of the first things I'm going to ask them to do is to go to a doctor and get a checkup. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask them be sure and ask that doctor and take the medications they're on to let that doctor and maybe a pharmacist tell them. Uh, how they could contradict one another and cause damage. So the medicine trail, Jim, is real. I have seen it. I've observed it up close with people that I've known. It does do damage. So be careful with that. And those of you that have loved ones and you've seen this personality change, it's time for intervention. And it is time to do something about it and talk with them. And I think you can and so, but I, another scripture comes to me because you know I love to laugh. Absolutely. And there's nothing, <laughs> and this is not a laughing matter, but guess what Proverbs seventeen twenty two says? A merry heart does good like a medicine. And you know the song Amen. that introduced this uh, segment was a song of encouragement. Absolutely. I want to share with you, music can have a lot to do with, with the thoughts that you have. Really look on those kind of that music that that uplifts that helps. I believe in music. It it really does good. What did David do for King Saul when King Saul was before depressed and had killing on his mind? He would play music mm-hmm. for him, and it would soothe his soul. So all of these factors come in. And uh, if they get disjointed, like Alex said, if those endorphins, those hormones that feed the brain, that makes the serotonin, you know, and dopamine, if they get disjointed, if they get downward in their spiral, it's going to lead to depression. It is. And again, folks, we, we want you to understand we're not excusing suicide. We're not rubber stamping and saying suicide is the way to go. No, not at all. We want you to choose life. And again, the the number for the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255, 800-273-8255, or you can also um, reach out to Need Him, 
and that number is simply 1-800-NEED-HIM. Guys, as we're looking at this, and Bert, you mentioned music, I have been in and out of the music business for probably the last 40-plus years. I've been here for 21. I started early, uh, not to say that I'm not as old as I am, but uh, I started in radio early. And let me tell you, having played the songs, uh, all right, sounded like I was going to stutter there, and I almost did, but it's one of those things that I've played what can only be described as music of death. Because you Mm. talk about the honky-tonks, you talk about cheating, you talk about all these other things, and then when you get into the rock music, it's almost an embracement of a death spiral because Mm. they glorify drugs, they glorify these different things. And that's not to say country music doesn't. Don't don't misunderstand me there. It's a different drug. It is. If the music (laughs) is not found in Scripture... If the music and the lyrics of those songs are not rooted in Scripture and rooted in, in the love of life, then you have to be careful because music does leave an impact. You know, I one of the saddest country songs I ever heard was from George Jones, and he stopped loving her today. Oh, my word. Yeah. Well, well, you know, Francis Schaeffer, the Christian thinker Francis Schaeffer, years ago, he said, art reflects the heart. Mm-hmm. And the words of a—well, you know, there was a Scottish thinker many years ago named Andrew Fletcher, and he said, um, let me make the songs of a nation, and I do not care who makes the laws. Mm. But but you're right, the, the, the songs and the music, they have a worldview behind them, and they speak to our emotions and our thoughts, don't they? They do, and it goes deep, guys. And that's—remember 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love— Right in the middle of that is hope. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to encourage those who are listening that have a tendency toward depression, and I, I've, I've seen it, observed it. What you want to do, you do want to spend time with people that will help you. Don't isolate yourself. Now, here's one of the keys to it. Isolation will hurt. You remember the man that was the demoniac of Gadara? Mm-hmm. He dwelled in the tombs. No one could hold him. He lived by himself. He thought by himself. Everything he did was concerning death. You've got to get out of that. You've got to break the chain. You've got to break the cycle. So not only are we trying to help those that are trying to deal with those that have committed suicide, mm-hmm. we're also encouraging those that have observed them or those that are dealing with it. Thoughts, get out of that. Break that cycle. Music, medicine, whatever. Get out of it. Amen. All right, folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley, Dr. Alex McFarland, and Brother Bert Harper. And we'll be back with more straight ahead. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. One eight hundred need him. One eight hundred need him is the phone number. If you're if you are having suicidal thoughts, there's also the national suicide hotline that's available. But as we've talked about suicide, and you know someone that's struggling, please point them to help. Please 
go get them and take them to help. If you knew that someone didn't have food in their pantry, you would either take, go and get them some food, or hopefully you as a Body of Christ member would either go and get them some food, or you would take them to the store and buy them some food. But again, look what happens there. A lot of times people are hungry, and we don't know it because they're ashamed of it. How much more are they ashamed of saying, you know, I've been thinking about taking my own life? And why is that shame there? Because we have allowed it to grow. It's one of those tools that Satan uses. And so, guys, this segment, we, we've we got a hammer for that shame, don't we? We have something that will just knock that out of the park, uh, if you will, for a baseball metaphor. And that is the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm. And that hope is in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You start with that. Uh, let me just share something that does last, and that is relationships. Your relationship with the Lord. Uh, Alex and Jim, we get calls all the time. Will we know one another in heaven? Yes. There's no doubt we will. I mean, there's not a – it's 99.9% sure that we will. I mean, God did not have to – Jesus didn't have to introduce the apostles to Elijah and Moses. Mm, they knew who point. they were. They weren't na- wearing name tags. You know, the, they knew who they were. And in heaven, those relationships are real. Think about that. And so relationships is one of the most important things there is. And the relationship you have with God through Jesus Christ is the relationship that changes everything. And if you're looking and saying, well, I have no hope because I'm looking at life and there's nothing to it, that number that Jim gave concerning 800 need him, concerning hope that you can find in Christ, you can also find they'll help you with that relationship with Jesus Christ because that changes everything. Mm -hmm. It really does. I was a 12-year-old fearful kid, and even at 12 years old, God intervened in my life and changed my life. He can change yours. And if you're contemplating suicide today, listen, get help. Call those numbers. Talk to your pastor. Find help. Don't sit there. And if you know someone that is depressed and they're like Elijah was, I'm the only one left. There's nobody that Mm -hmm. cares. God can send a message to him and say, no, I've, I've got thousands that hadn't bowed the knee. God can give you hope. So turn to the Word of God. Let me suggest this, and we're talking about scriptures, and this is more than just one scripture. This is a book. Mm-hmm. Turn to the book of John. Amen. Now, it's, mm. it's 21 chapters, if I remember. I'm not looking at it, but I think that's right. Every one of those, every— there's 11 conversations Jesus has in the book of John. And most of those conversations are people that were down and out and hurting. And Jesus mm. came to them and had a conversation with them. One of them was about death, about Lazarus who had died. And Jesus comes and look at his words. He gives them hope. And that hope is real in Christ, isn't it, Alex? It really is. And, you know, I'm so glad you're saying that. And by the way, folks, again, that National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, uh, easy to remember, 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K, 1-800-273-TALK. 
Uh, but you mentioned relationships, and obviously the most important being our relationship with the Lord. But there, there's something that can be very negative about just talking to yourself and not having uh, a word from a brother or sister. You know, Proverbs uh, 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. So you might need some good feedback from a, a brother or sister, or you might give some good feedback. But let me, let me throw another verse out here, because people oftentimes that think about self-harm or suicide, they, they tell themselves things that aren't true, and there's no hope, and that this would be a good solution, which is not true. Psalm 13, 2 says this. Now think about this, because maybe you're there. Psalm 13, 2 says, How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day? And the psalmist goes on and pleads for God to undertake for me. O Lord my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Now, guys, we've all heard feedback, right? Let's say you're on a stage and the microphone squeals into the speaker, and if you don't jerk away pretty quickly, it'll get into a cycle of this thing. And maybe if you've ever been in a place where there was feedback, it's very painful to listen to. But that wording there in Psalm 13 too, how long must I take counsel within my own soul? Mm. We can get into a spiral of, of wrong thinking. God has abandoned me. God, even God can't fix what I've got going mm. on. There's never going to be a brighter day. My best days are behind me. Friend, if you're telling yourself those lies, um, I pray, may the Holy Spirit of God help you pull away from that like right now. And we've got Oswald Chambers, who wrote a great devotional book. He said, we must vigilantly believe what God says is true. And, And the truth is, God does love you, and God can help you. And so... Um, my my point being, let's not get in a spiral where we continually get in a, a negative, negative, negative place, because mm-hmm. that's that's what Satan wants us to do. But we don't have to fall for it, right? And Alex, you know, earlier you mentioned that um, when you when you talk about state, uh, Satan, he is an enemy. He comes to kill and destroy. He comes to accuse us of different things. Know this. Jesus never accuses you. Think about that. Think about, and this is in John, the woman at the well. Jesus didn't accuse her. He had a conversation with her. He knew what was going on, but he didn't leave her without hope. Amen. And so when you look at that, know this. If you think that you're not good enough to come to Christ and find forgiveness, you are 100% wrong. Because Jesus doesn't accuse you. And, mm. you know, another another couple of verses from Romans 8, and that's a great, that's a great chapter. Yeah, it is. Um, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Hallelujah. You know, and and so, Alex, it it goes with what you were saying. Bert, it goes with what you were saying. I just want folks to know when they're hearing that voice of the accuser that is not Christ condemning you, 
because he came that you might have the hope of life and life everlasting. Guys, uh, I'm not sure how much time we have left in this program, but before we do, and before we end, I want us to, to tell folks, number one, how they can find Christ, but also I want us to encourage pastors. And Alex, this goes back to a scripture you shared just a couple of minutes ago of the word spoken wisely. On the flip side of that are words that are spoken unwisely. Pastors mm. can correct mm. those words, can't they? They can, and they should. They Let me do yeah. one real quick mm-hmm. thing. I, I thought of this as you were talking. There's an example in the—I've already referred to David when he felt like he was possibly going to be stoned. Uh, there was somebody else that was called into that kind of predicament. It was King Saul, mm-hmm. David's predecessor. And you mm. find this in First Samuel 31. The Philistines had killed his three sons. He was about to, he thought, be captured— and he fell on his sword and killed himself. David, on the other hand, encouraged himself in the Lord. That's the contrast. You have King Saul who took it into his own hand and committed suicide, and he thought he was getting out of it. If you read chapter 31, I don't want to be so graphic, but the enemies come in, and just let me tell you, they desecrate his body and do mm-hmm. all evil things they can. What a contrast. Encourage yourself in the Lord. One more example of this, guys, and that's Judas in the in the Bible, you know, that went out after he betrayed Jesus and hung himself. Peter, after he denied himself, he got right with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's going to find themselves at a place in their lives where they're discouraged, hurtful. It may not be as bad as Saul's, or it may be as bad. It may not be as bad as what Judas did, or it may be as bad. But they're, though, both of those who committed suicide was horrible, hideous, harmful, and the results mm. left to those that were to pick up the remains were yeah. hurtful. On the other hand, David and Peter, they found hope in the Lord, and their hope was in him. So that's what we're talking about. The difference is night and day, and you want to come out on the day, trust Christ. And uh, they do that by trusting Jesus and having that relationship with him, don't they, uh, Alex? They really do. They really do. Uh, And I want to share a scripture. And and friend, believe this. Please take God at his word. God loves you. God will not lie to you. God has your best interest in heart. Psalm 34, 17 through 19. Listen, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Mm. And so if you, we often say Jesus is as close by as a prayer. My dear friends, we are telling you this, and this is the truth of God and his word. If you call out to Christ right now today, and and maybe just from a, a hurting heart with barely a whimper, you say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Those three words, Lord, help me. And he will begin to help, won't he, guys? I promise you, friend, if you cry out to Jesus, then just say, Lord, I need you. Yeah. God will begin to change your situation the minute you turn to him. Amen. Um, folks, coming to know Christ is simple, it, and it really is. And it's so simple, in fact, that it confounds the wise. You know, it, it 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 sounds almost one of those things that's too good to be true. 
if you saw it in an email, you would probably delete it because you would just think there's no way that someone has $30 million in a bank account for you that's been unclaimed and suddenly your random name came up. Well, folks, this is something that's far beyond $30 million, far beyond jewels. It is the hope of life eternal through Christ Jesus. And that hope comes because of his shed blood on the cross. But he didn't stay dead. (laughs) He rose again on the third day. He is then arisen to God where he is now praying for us. Get that. Jesus is our intercessor. And he is our intercessor should give us more hope than anything. And then he will be our soon coming king. Guys, mm. I, I'm not sure about y'all, but I could just about get excited. That's, that's shouting Amen. ground. Think about it. In the book of Hebrews, it says that God has spoken to us in these last days through his son. And having redeemed us, he sat down at the right hand of the Father to do what you mm-hmm. were talking about, making intercession. But there's one time he stood up, guys. That's right. Uh, let me see. A guy named Stephen was being stoned, and uh, he mm. looked up into heaven. And he saw Jesus standing. He saw right. Jesus standing. You know, I, I, I want to tell you, Jesus is on your side. He is, he is ready to redeem you. He is ready to help you. And if your valley is so deep and that mm. river is so wide, remember Isaiah talked about that. He talked about that he would see us through those things. You know, there's no valley deep enough that his love doesn't go deeper still. There's no river so wide that needs to be crossed that he can't cross it with Amen. his love. And there's a passage of Scripture that I, I just found out that I thought, this is powerful enough that I, I think I can share it. Listen to this. Proverbs eighteen twenty four: a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend that sticks closer Amen. than a brother. And that friend, Jesus Christ, is that friend. He'll never mm. leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you always to the very end. I, I, if you're a Christian, remember, this is one of my life verses, guys. It's in Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing that he who began this work in you, will complete it under the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Complete, letting complete that work. Don't check out on God by suicide. Do not check out on God by running away. Come to him uh, and fall into his loving hands. The prodigal son went away. He found himself in the pig pen of life. What a time. He could have said, well, I'm going to end it all. No, he remembered his father, and he said, I'm going to arise and go get up from here, and I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to make things right. And I'm paraphrasing that, and guess what was waiting on him when he got home, guys? Y'all remember? The open arms Dude. of the uh, father. Open yeah. arms of the father. That's exactly what the heavenly father has for you who are listening today, that far away from God. If you're driving that truck, driving that tractor, you're incarcerated. You're in that police car driving around listening to us today. It may be that there's a divorce coming up and you didn't want it. You may lose your job and depression is setting in. Turn to Christ today. Don't leave without knowing him and securing that salvation that is now and forever. Amen. Folks, this has been a special edition of Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio. And you know, we share trusted sources from time to time. 
I want to give you a source that I didn't get into today, but I sure wanted to. And that's simply billygram.org. The scripture from Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This has been a special edition of Exploring the Word with Jim Stanley, Alex McFarland, and Bert Harper. Have a great afternoon.